0: Welcome to the Mob Squad. We're real moms of boys juggling life, love, a clean house, and being outnumbered by balls. We say
1: bad words, we vent, we cry, we laugh a lot, and sometimes we can be a bit inappropriate. But
0: hey, we're moms of boys, so anything goes. Let's face it, we have real shit, and we know you do too. Life gets hard and messy, but we're not alone, and we're never quiet. We know you're one of us and
1: we're so glad you're here. So grab your favorite drink, fill up that bathtub or get your fitness on and let's get this podcast started. It's going to be a wild ride. So buckle up and let's go.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Mob Squad. I'm Amanda. And I'm Arielle. We're so glad you're back with us today. And today we have kind of a heavier topic. We've had a couple of those in our journey through the Mob Squad so far. And today we are going to talk about what brought us together and why we're here which is um, learning that our kids at a very young age have dyslexia. Yeah. So I'll start about basically uh, how I found
1: out and why I think it's important to get diagnosed early. So my son struggled with letters. He struggled with learning the alphabet, he struggled with sounds, he struggled with remembering it. And that's very common for kids with dyslexia. And obviously, some kids do grow out, there's developmental things that are different. But I think if your kids are struggling constantly, it's something to pay attention to. And when my oldest is the one that has dyslexia, and we didn't know any better because it was our first kid. And I think that's important too. So if it is your first child, do pay attention to those things. I don't think people should compare kids ever, I don't think that that's helpful. But I do think if you're paying attention and, and it seems easier for some kids and not as easy for others, that's just something to pay attention to. Not right off the bat, oh my God, my, there's something wrong, but just pay attention to that and keep an eye on it. So my son went to a, a woman who was doing speech therapy and- How old was he? He was when, five okay. when we decided to go. So he was stammering and we took her to speech therapy to just kind of get an evaluation to see like, what that is and she said you know working with him on speech might help bring that out and he kind of struggled with retrieval of words and what he wanted to say so he stammered and that is part of his brain um his brain stuff that have kind of been part of the dyslexia i think part of the executive function mm-hmm. issues and so she tried to do an evaluation this was the summer before kindergarten she brought him into the room and obviously a speech therapist works on sounds and letters and he didn't know any of them according to her. And I had worked with my son a lot on letters and it was always a fight. So I gave up and he was in preschool. And part of that was, you know, I wanted somebody to be able to teach my kid that knew how to teach kids as I wasn't a teacher. and didn't have a teaching background. I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, okay, it's just me. And I took him to a preschool and the preschool teacher basically lied to me about His progress because I was checking in with her and she was like, Well, he does his letters for me. He does, he knows the alphabet. He does this. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's just, you know, he just doesn't like to do it at home. And I totally believed her. And then we took him in. So this was the spring of his pre K. And then we took him to this evaluation and this was like maybe May or like just the beginning of summer. And she was like, He doesn't know any of his letters. And I was like, What? I I was told by a teacher, he does, you know, he didn't do them for me, but I thought that that was just maybe like a parent thing. thing. Like we're fighting, you know, we don't want to do it for mom, but we'll do it for somebody else. And I feel like kids do behave differently at school sometimes or do things for people that they won't do for you. So I didn't know any better, but she, thank God for her because the speech therapist said, you know, my daughter had a learning disability, call this psychologist and see if they'll do an evaluation this young. He's five. And so I called the psychologist and she said, yes, we do do evaluations at that. And one of the things that was really important to me was like, okay, if something's going on, I wanna help him now, I don't wanna wait Until the school helps. And a lot of people will say, Don't worry about it. They might grow out of it. Wait until third grade. Wait until third grade is what the school says, because Mm -hmm. the school doesn't want to pay for it. And Mm -hmm. also, they have a lot of things that they pay for. I'm not saying it's horrible that they don't, but this is just how the school system works.
0: Well, and to to that point is everybody develops at a different pace, but by third grade, their philosophy is that everybody should be on the same page by then. They catch up. Yes. But in our case, right? But if
1: your child does have a learning disability, they're not going to catch up by third grade. They're going
0: to be three grade levels behind. Way too late.
1: Which is way Mm -hmm. too late to help a child. So the intervention at that point is not useful. And I knew that. I don't know how I knew that. I don't know how I knew that. I don't know if it's through talking through the with a psychologist or what, but everybody always praised me and said, you're so good for being on top of this at such a young age because most people don't do anything till later. They wait it out and see if it's developmental, which is fine for some kids it is, but I think if you get that psychological evaluation is expensive, it is out of pocket, If you do do it through the school system, I understand if people can afford to do it, but I do think it's so important that if you can find a way to pay for it, it is very helpful because then you can get help sooner. Mm -hmm. So you're not like setting your child up for failure type of thing, but also it can have such a big impact on their self-esteem. And when they're little, they don't know as much, but as they get older, they definitely start to realize. So at what
0: point, so he was five when you were really noticing that things no, were. I still didn't I mean, notice that there was
1: a problem until so, somebody pointed it out to me. But I think these days people are afraid to point it out. Yeah, They're because, to because, tell because it has,
0: it's almost, it's like a four letter word. It's like, oh, you have a learning disability. Oh, yeah,
1: right. I, and she didn't I, that really say that. Is, no, but she it's, just it's, said it's he should know more of these letters. And sounds.
0: Oh, sh- oh the, your teacher. The mm-hmm. teacher that Even said. though they yes. say in okay. kindergarten,
1: they're a blank slate. They'd say that to us all the time. They were like, it, you're, they're a blank slate. They don't need to know their letters. They're going to learn that in kindergarten. Blah, 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 blah. All, all we that.
0: want them to know is how to sit on the carpet. Yeah. Crisscross applesauce. Crisscross applesauce <laughs> and sit there. And they'll learn it because they're like yeah. sponges. Not true. And so many kids do. However. A lot of them do. There are studies that have just come out that say that one in five kids have dyslexia. Which is a lot. That's 20 to 30 percent of your school, right? I mean, that's a lot of kids, and when we're dismissing that and saying, "Oh, they don't, lo- they don't know their letters," or maybe they're not trying hard enough, or they're not this or that, it's actually quite the opposite. They're working harder than most people in that room. In most cases, ten times harder than anybody yes. else in that room. Yes, absolutely. So we do get this stigma, or this, you know, kids with dyslexia have this sort of reputation. Sometimes they feel like, especially with other parents, we're like, "Ooh." Sorry, my kid doesn't have anything. My mm. kid's normal. That's what I get a lot. Yeah. Oh, well, I my kids are normal. They're, they don't have anything. They're, yeah. we're lucky or we're this. And that, I think a lot of parents come from a good place and wanting to relate to well, us. Well, they don't understand. But Which sometimes they, understand? they say things that are like, dude.
1: Dyslexia doesn't tell
0: me how smart my kid is. My kid's actually very smart too. I think that's
1: a big misconception is people think that kids with dyslexia are just dumb and they don't learn. They actually, their brains are still absorbing what they're learning. They just can't maybe express it. Or they can't read it, but they know what's going on and- That kind of plays into, so my son also has ADD, like severe ADD. And we've discussed this before, but sometimes ADD or ADHD, it goes hand in hand with dyslexia. What was the number that you said? Oh, for how many kids? Well, it's not always, it doesn't
0: mean that your child has both of those things, but it does often occur together. So one in five students have dyslexia, which is about 15 to 20% of the population of an average size elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. And then 25 to 65% of those children who have been des- um, diagnosed with dyslexia usually have a dyslexic parent. And about 30% of that population uh, has coexisting ADHD or ADD.
1: Right. Which makes things harder. And Mm -hmm. people with ADHD, like, let's just say that drugs are being pushed on you by your provider to help with the ADHD. Well, that's not going to fix your dyslexia either. And not that it needs to be fixed, but if the child's struggling, obviously they need help. And that's one thing I want to make really clear. Like in our house, we don't look at dyslexia as a bad thing. It just makes things different and it can be harder to deal with, but it's not a bad thing. And we're constantly building up my son and telling him what a gift he has, because they do truly believe it's a gift. They see things differently. They see the forest, not the trees, While sometimes people just focus on one tree, one tree, one tree. My children, my child can see like the big picture. And I mm-hmm. think that's such a cool gift. And yeah. they do have to work harder and they often grow up to be entrepreneurs and CEOs because they're so used to working harder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. It comes easier to them to work hard because they've just just always, that's, that's all they know. They've they always know. done it. Mm-hmm. So that's important. But I did want to go over a couple things that um, this website, LDRFA.org, you know, they said one, one in five kids have dyslexia. And at the time that I got diagnosed in kindergarten, I didn't know anybody who had dyslexia. So I knew looking at my son's classroom, there were a couple more kids in that class that had mm-hmm. dyslexia that had no idea. But anyway, so these are some of the signs that you can think of not remembering the alphabet or having a difficulty learning the alphabet, mispronouncing words a lot. My son did that too. We still say the wrong word for remote in our house because it rubbed off on my younger children. So we all call it a morote. My husband hates Mm -hmm. it. But that's how my dyslexic child would flip words. Um, They don't understand rhyming patterns. So I don't really remember him having issues with that. But that is something that they say to look for in the preschool age kids. And then the grade school kids... Being behind classmates can be a sign um, not connecting letters to their phonics. That's a really big one for dyslexics. Writing slowly, misspelling easy words, struggling to follow instructions, don't connect letters to their phonics. I kind of already said that I feel like. Uh, Can't separate between certain letters those are all kind of signs if your child's older that might be reason to get to look into or see if they're having a learning disability and i think it's just really important to pay attention to those things because yes it can be developmental and and yes some kids flip their letters flipping the b
0: is a, a lot common of it is age-appropriate. D, yes yeah. but
1: My whole point is that if you wait until third grade, it's really, really hard for them and they Mm. already struggle. So don't like put them so far behind that now they're playing catch up and the school will tell you it's fine and the doctors will tell you it's fine. Don't listen to them, listen to your gut, listen to your mom instincts and do what you think is right to get your child
0: help. But I know you have a different experience and a different story of how you guys found out. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been friends for, since our kids were infants and I feel like you were kind of a mentor mama to me in, in some aspects, just because <laughs> I know that so makes funny. you sound like a lot older where I'm actually the older one <laughs> right. in the group.
1: Thanks a lot. I'm um, like the, the geriatric young wise you are, mama. The young,
0: the young wise far beyond her years. Um, <laughs> but you, I noticed these things a lot and I didn't Know if I, I was a new mom, so I didn't well, know if it was like in my head. And then some people blow you off like, no, yeah, it's fine, they'll catch up, right? You're hovering, you're this, you're that, you're worrying too much but about it. it. Just was, there just was something off, even like everything, right? From the like beginning,
1: you had an instinct, yeah. About I had it. this instinct, it yeah. was just
0: something a little bit. And we worked on letters and we worked on numbers and we worked on all of those things, and he just didn't get it, yeah. You worked hard on him. I remember you saying. That
1: yeah. your son struggled with remember le- remembering letters and and so did mine. And so I thought it was normal. I did too. Because I was telling you and you were telling me. and But then when I talked to other parents, they're like, no, not, my kid's like reading in pre-K. Right. You know? They're reading like, chapter books. What right? Are you talking about?
0: Yeah. I remember thinking before we had really talked about it, I remember actually telling Krista so many times kids are so amazing. They have to work so hard to like figure out how to walk and how or how to crawl and then how to walk. But I remember feeling that a lot during learning the alphabet mm-hmm. and how difficult and how like watching my son go through that and how difficult it was, how a grown person would walk away and give up because they it's just really hard, yeah. right? But the perseverance, and I think that's what's really important about, you know, kids with dyslexia, They work really hard. They have perseverance, right? They get through it. He was struggling with learning his letters. I thought it was normal. And I thought the whole time that babies are just really impressive and young kids because they don't give up ever. They just keep going, right? Right. How do they learn how to, how do they learn a language? How do they learn how to read and write? I just thought it was the most difficult thing in the world. And then to your point, I started meeting other families that were like, oh, my kid knows all the sight words and my kid knows blah, blah, blah. And I was so afraid to send him to preschool because he did not know. And- you know, the teachers are all very kind. They're like, that's okay. They're all starting out together as long as they can follow the rules or two-step directions. That's all we want. Right. And I heard that year after year and it wasn't until kindergarten that our the teacher there said, you know, I, there is something. I think you're right. And she fought. So I didn't have to fight to get my oldest son the testing because she agreed that something wasn't right. And he was spelling. Um, he wasn't spelling at all. He could barely write his first name. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he could write his first name by maybe the new year during kindergarten, um, he didn't write his last name until first grade. Like, and that was late first grade. I
1: mean, I feel like my son didn't write his last name until like third grade yeah. or fourth grade. Yeah.
0: I mean, that was just getting him to write their first name. Yeah. It was well, good.
1: it's a fight too. And I would always be like, you're supposed to put the date. You're supposed to put this number mm-hmm. and you're supposed to put your last name. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's like, and that's when a child has their yeah. name. So, you know, they fight you on those little things. Oh, everything. It's so exhausting but it's because it's so exhausting for them. So coming from a place of empathy and understanding, like you just said, they don't give up. Little kids are tough and they get through all this stuff, no. but we're so hard on them because we're like, this, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. But it's really when you just take a step back and you think about it. Once you know that they have a learning disability, you're like, they're dealing with so much more. Mm-hmm. It's like literally sitting in a Chinese classroom every day and not understanding anything that's right. going on, but still having to do all yeah. the work. And, and expected st- to know it and be right. fluent in it.
0: And come home and do all of the homework on top of that. Right. And just Which most it. kids take 10 or 20 minutes and to do. And when you have
1: a child with learning disability, it takes. Hours.
0: Hours. Hours. And, and fights and, and, and tears. <laughs> yep. I told the teachers, I was like, we're
1: not doing homework. Sorry. The research shows it doesn't support them when they're this young and I'm not going to fight with my child every night. And the teachers agreed. They're like, no, I don't want you sitting at the table all night crying and fighting with your child. Like, obviously that's not good for anybody. Just get the damn homework done and turn it into more
0: like who cares cares about that. Right. And they're also exhausted.
1: They're exhausted at the end of the day. The poor child has to work two times harder than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I'd even say 10 times harder, to be honest with some stuff. It is like that. And they come home and they're done. And I and I don't blame them.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel awful that they go through that. I'm Carilla Deville in my house because I'm (laughs) like you have to sit at the table and we're doing our homework because the minute they turn off, then they're done.
1: Right, right. So So, the expectation in my house is going when they they come
0: home from home from school and they have to do homework. Right. There's yeah. not like, oh, we're going to take a break and then a shower and play or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, because yeah. that then they're too tired. I would say the
1: typical child mm-hmm. gets a break after school. Our kids don't. No. We do homework right away as well, because yeah. otherwise it won't get done and it will, will become a fight and they're too exhausted. But when they're younger, did you guys struggle with homework, too? Like in yeah. elementary?
0: Oh, yeah. In elementary school, yeah. we did. And ki- even in kindergarten, as soon as kindergarten and the teachers were the same way. Yeah. It shouldn't take more than 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't care if it's one line that they do. Um, And in some cases, it was... Just don't do it. Let, give them the break. Let yeah. them be a kid. So we right. were really lucky and fortunate to have teachers that were supportive. Yeah, because I'm sure there aren't um, any. There are some that aren't. I mean, yeah, and we've had some teachers that are. My, no, I'm, I still have done. Two. I have two boys. Well, I have three boys, but two of them have dyslexia, and they're. Um, to your point earlier about you shouldn't compare them. I am guilty of comparing, and I do that just for like baseline knowledge. But no, I think
1: I, that you can compare. I'm just saying. Don't get into the comparison game because obviously every kid's different. Well,
0: you can't. So to, just to that point is I have two boys, both have dyslexia, but they are, have shown up in totally different ways. Right. So like my middle can read much better than my oldest can do, mm-hmm. but he can't, and both of them can't spell for shit. I mean, they can't spell to save their lives, but they yep. spell everything phonetically correct. And we're so lucky that there's all of these tools out yeah. there that we need to teach them how to use so they can make sense when they're communicating mm-hmm. in print. So we'll go back to the, he got tested in kindergarten. We immediately got on an IEP and he started getting services and services and services. It wasn't until fourth grade that I knew something was wrong. Like I knew he had dyslexia. He was getting all these services and it's still... But the
1: services weren't for
0: dyslexia. Well, they so in school here I mean, in Arizona, they don't, they don't recognize dyslexia, dyslexia as a learning disability. It's now in the legislation to be voted on to be approved as a learning dys... they're they're right in the middle of it. So that is insane. I believe it maybe just passed. So like all of these schools now are testing. Well I know they're doing testing now and they're doing testing in third Mm -hmm. grade when it shows up. And you got an at-risk letter, right? And then you said to the teacher, well what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. And didn't he say, Oh, we're just gonna keep on doing what we're doing. Oh, that was for my middle son. So that was like testing that they were doing to identify kids who may be at risk for dyslexia. And they're sending these letters home and scaring the shit out of us. Mind
1: you, this is after two years of bullshit school Mm -hmm. because of COVID. So I want to be like, fuck you. They're all behind. (laughs) And like, how dare you say, oh, no, no, he's really behind. He's a couple grade levels. Well, yeah, you didn't do shit for the last two years. They didn't fucking learn online and they Mm -hmm. didn't learn during school either because everybody was out of it and And wearing masks and acting stupid and being distracted by shit that doesn't matter in the world it was more about yeah what's going on than what's happening with the kids and i and so i don't know if we said this in our last episode but the whole like well, everybody's behind. Oh my God. Drives me crazy because my kids were barely hanging on by a string. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to throw in two years of not doing school and say that everybody's behind. Well, yeah, they're behind because they weren't being grade level taught. But kids who have learning disabilities were already behind. They're 10 times now further they're behind. Now they're 20 times behind. Yes, like totally. you screwed those kids over. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of kids, and not, not a lot of kids, but I heard stories of people who are supposed to be getting services for
0: special ed mm-hmm. or
1: whatever that weren't getting services, which I, well, because you really have
0: to fight. You can't just walk into an office and say, I think my kid has dyslexia. They're not going to wave their magic wand and say, no. cool. All right. What does he need? It's not like that. You have to fight hard to get it. You have to fight for for what you you want. You have to
1: fight for what your kid needs and deserves. And, uh, and, And unfortunately, I hate to do this to the school system, but not to throw them under the bus, but they do fight for less services. They fight for less accommodations. They fight for those things probably from a financial standpoint. Totally. And it's really sad, honestly, to say that like, okay, you're a provider of education to children and now you have to basically screw them over as much as you Mm -hmm. can so that you're not losing money as a school. Like (laughs) there's something wrong. And I'm not saying I know the solution, but that is like a broken system. Like that's not okay to do to kids or to anybody. And so unfortunately, like you said, if you're a parent of a child with learning disability or whatever it is, even if it's not dyslexia, whatever your child needs, you have to fight for it because they're gonna no one else is going you. to walk over you. Nobody else is going to. Nobody else cares about your kid as much as you do. And yeah. you have to get educated. You have to do your research. If you have to hire an advocate, hire an advocate. Do whatever it takes mm-hmm. for your child because nobody there is going to help you. No.
0: But there are resources out there. So And there are good people out there, too. I don't want
1: to make them all sound like they're bad people, but they're, they are. But they're just doing what they're supposed to do or doing their job or
0: whatever. But And, and to take another step forward in this is I think a lot of teachers don't know about dyslexia they they haven't been trained on it so they're not qualified to give a diagnosis and in so many cases people think it's just reversing your letters like b's and d's it's not that it's It's being directionally challenged it's putting your clothes on backwards every day it's I mean my oldest son both of my kids actually they would have to sound out the word bag uh, or (laughs) bag right I can't even do do it. it cat they had to sound out c- yeah. at yeah and they would go c- at so ball. somebody told me
1: once that dyslexia they have they don't remember the sound to the letter no. so their brain has to retrieve re-remember basically they have to like manually remember that c makes a k c- sound mm-hmm. and then they have to do that for each letter in the mm-hmm. word then they have to blend that together like remember that k c- at goes together like that's how you say it together and then they have to say it in their head to read it so cat right right but they're doing that for every single letter so can you imagine reading something and then on top of it you're supposed to listen to what you're reading so you have comprehension of what you're Mm -hmm. reading it doesn't work like that and my son started trying to memorize passages because that's what dyslexics do Mm -hmm. because they're not listening to what they're reading because they're trying so hard just to read the damn words. They can't listen to what they're reading. Yeah. It's heartbreaking when you think about how hard
0: it is for them to read. Like, it's just so sad. It's really sad. Well, so mine would be at fall. And that's what he would say. But just to your point of having to learn how to sound out the letters and blend mean? them together. So he would he would know the sounds of the word. Let's yeah. say we're looking at the word cat. Right. He would say at and then say ball. So you and I would say at Cat. Yeah. He would say at. Oh, I yeah. guess he would guess. He would just guess yes. because he yeah. couldn't what's like what's the sound ball? of the letter <laughs> <laughs> cat balls I'm like cat ball i'm like what okay so now i get what you're saying but i'm glad Anyways, so, so yeah so those were like things that he would do yes yes that i would do too. kind of you know outside of the mainstream everyday learner you know so mm-hmm. those are like little red flags that that came up for us a lot yeah yeah um, which is
1: which is important so if you're listening to this and you feel like some of these things resonate with with you then i would definitely look further into it
0: yeah, I agree. I think fight, don't take no for an answer. And celebrate your kids. So we, so you went to, um, you got the testing much younger yes. than we did. And you went to. So in first, so, okay. So yeah, so I got the testing done
1: because I knew I wanted to get him help. So we got diagnosed in the summer before kindergarten. They were like, he has dyslexia. I know I already talked about that in the last episode. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. Um, But they told me he has dyslexia. I lost it because I knew something was wrong, but I had no idea what it was. And I didn't really think they were going to say something like that. I thought it was like, oh, he just needs a little more help. You know, Mm -hmm. like I didn't really think he'd get a diagnosis, I guess. Maybe that was a little bit of a denial. But we got the diagnosis in the summer and then they give you like their recommendations and their recommendations were intense intervention. Mm-hmm. And then they had these like places they recommended. So we tried a couple of the places we did, he needed like fine motor skill help for the writing. He needed um, obviously help with his letters and learning the stuff that dyslexics struggle with. But um, I did research and I decided to, so we did the one program and there was like basically no pro So this is the other thing, everything is so goddamn expensive. So, just an hour of time with somebody, an intense interventionist, is hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And then I was told he basically needs like, 20 hours a week. I mean, I'm making that up. I don't know what the exact number was, but it was a lot for mm-hmm. a kid to, a 5-year-old. Think about a 5-year-old just doing working on just one thing basically all day. So, I went to this program and they're like, "Well, we do it once a week." And I was like, "Well, he doesn't know any of his letters or sounds and they're telling me he needs this intense program like right now. What can you do?" She's like, "Well, I guess we could do it for 5 days a week, but still charging the same." Like and and she and this place was far away, so I had to drive like 30 minutes with two little kids. And I did it for Maybe like a month, and I didn't see any improvement like zero, and obviously they're always like, well, it's slow progr- progress, progress, <laughs> progress the word progress, <laughs> slow progress and and so I like and here's my mistake, you guys, I trusted people a lot, and I wish that I didn't, and I was kind of in panic mode, so I wasn't maybe thinking uh as well as I should be. I wasn't really. Using my critical thinking, I guess, but I so I well also panic. you're a first
0: time mom, first time you well, have first no time idea mom with my oldest. There's like no barometer, right? You don't know. There's no barometer.
1: I have people telling me this stuff, so we did that, and then. Then we tried, no, we tried neurofeedback during kindergarten. So that didn't work. We tried, we did put him in these intense handwriting classes too, which his handwriting is horrible now. Now he's 12. This was five. The handwriting stuff helped a little bit with his fine motor skills, but it was so expensive. Like Mm -hmm. we spent, you guys, thousands and thousands of dollars on this in the summer. And then he went to kindergarten And they kept saying, we'll see the blank slate, blank slate. Like I just, that's what they said. So I was like, let's see what happens. So he goes to kindergarten. During kindergarten, I found out about neurofeedback Mm -hmm. and how it can change their brains. We did a brain scan, showed, you know, the prefrontal cortex, areas where he has executive function issues, blah, 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 blah. That was the first time I was told that he has severe ADD, but this was not diagnostic. Like a brain scan is not diagnostic. And a couple, he already had a diagnosis of ADD. And I didn't <laughs> recently found this out this year as a 12 year old. I didn't know that executive function and working memory was like their code for ADD. Mm-hmm. So that's what he has. And he had that diagnosis at the time, but I had no idea. Um, but so I guess they didn't really explain it to me. They And, and, and also they didn't call dyslexia dyslexia. They called it you know, issues with learning and reading and writing or something. I don't know what your guys' diagnosis was. That's what they said. She told me he had dyslexia, but when they wrote the report, that's what they called it. I don't know. So neurofeedback? No, the psychologist, when the psychologist diagnosed. So then we go to school, we're doing, we spent, we did 60 hours of um, neurofeedback, spent thousands of dollars on that. No changes. School goes along. He's struggling doesn't not getting the help that he needs. I was against an IEP in the beginning cause I didn't want him to be labeled because mm-hmm. my, my brother had a learning disability and he was labeled with a learning disability. People treated him like he was stupid. He had a teacher tell him he was just stupid. And, you know, like, you just don't know this stuff because you're stupid.
0: Like, they literally said, or you're that lazy, to him. Or, or you're, you're not lazy. applying yourself right. if you work a little harder. I think
1: back then they didn't know as much about no. it, but I do think having a label, sometimes people play into their label. Like, if people think you're bad, you behave badly. If people think you're good, you behave good. Like, yeah stuff like that. So I was just against it at the time. And now I look back and I kind of regret things, but he went to first grade and in first grade, he was struggling a lot. Testing came back. He was still at a kindergarten level in first grade He was not just kindergarten level, like first semester kindergarten level in first grade. In the middle of first grade, we decided to do this program that we had heard about called Linda Mood Bell. And it's very, very expensive. We were highly against it because of how expensive it Mm -hmm. was, but we ended up um, taking the plunge and doing it. And my son, and that's basically an intense program. And we took him out from, uh, I think he got out of school at 1 p.m. And we took him, he missed school to go to this program from one to five, he had four hours a day. And then, he, so he had did school in the morning. Then from one to five, he would go do this, like so intense, like the things that I put this kid through trying to help him. So he goes into Linda Bell within a week. I feel like it was the first or second week. They cut you, you come in and they show you what they're working on. My son started reading and I cried so hard because, <laughs> I cried. I, cried. When when you do, I, I remember when it. you told
0: me it. I cried. I, I was emotional. It was, I could
1: cry again right now. He went from obviously a kindergarten level in first grade to reading in a third grade level. And it was like night and day. And I was like, thank God. Like we put so much effort, so much time, so much money into helping him and this actually worked. And I was like, so, so thankful that we had found something that worked and so it did help him. And he has like the skills that he needs now to, be in a classroom and he still struggles with other stuff like his ADD Um, that hasn't gone away. So he still has those issues, but he did get the help that he needed. And so now he has those tackle skills. But the, the thing that makes me upset about the whole situation is that, and I had this discussion with people about Linda Mood Bell, the program that they use works really well for kids with learning disabilities, not just dyslexia, but different kinds of learning disabilities. They, the way that they do it, their brain can use it. If they taught that way in school, mm-hmm. everybody could learn like that and nobody would have to be pulled out of class and nobody would have to know that anybody had a learning disability. All, the typical kids and the kids with the learning disabilities could all learn together, but we don't do that. We do reading ass backwards and we punish the kids who don't learn the same and we're just trying to fit everybody into a box. And mm-hmm. I think it's so unfair and I think it's so wrong and I wish things could be differently. I don't know, <laughs> what do you think?
0: I mean, I think things will be different. Do you? But it's not gonna be during our kids' adolescence. I Maybe think like we're a we are fighting a good now. fight and it is there are other parents. A doing lot of a lot. awareness. There's a lot of schools that are changing. I think there's laws that are changing. I think it is going to be recognized as a learning disability throughout the entire country. I don't understand why it's not. I don't know. I think there's just so much that they didn't they don't know, right? I, think it's I mean the brain they don't is want like another thing to cover. That yeah be it's expensive because when you're talking about dyslexia, it's not just again, it's not flipping your letters. It's it could be speech. It could be um OT. You talk a lot about the way that you write, right? I mean, mm-hmm. both of my kids have gone through a program similar to what yours is what you just talked about, but they both had speech therapy and OT therapy in their programs, part of your program, which, which is Which is working on it those fine motor though. skills. You know, and there are things like, my oldest can't spin around. We thought it was, uh, um, and you were able to explain it to me so much better. They did this thing called astronaut training and he would like spin and spin and spin and it would make him really sick. But because that was like his equilibrium was off and they had to like basically reprogram his nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. To be more balanced yeah. and that tied into his dyslexia. Yes, because it's
1: all brain related and right. the physical body is connected to the brain in different ways. Mm-hmm. And if you train the brain, it's it's th- so that's where it goes back to like neurofeedback It's the same thing. You're training those parts of the brain that aren't getting the same activity that need like a little bit more improvement. So when he's doing those exercises, he's training up that part of his
0: brain, it's connected. So for my Which first time so cool. it did not help. I don't know if he needed oh, to really? do it. He still got really sick. So I think that he might actually have- you know, some people will spin around and they get really sick. I think he, my husband is like, so oh.
1: I was told if you do certain things like that and the spinning around that it
0: means that that part of your brain is weak. Well, so he needs to continue his astronaut training. Yeah. My middle son, that's his favorite part. He loves it. He thinks it's so great. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like the greatest thing in the wow. world. Yeah. That's so, so funny. Um, we also did neurofeedback, not with both kids, but with our oldest, cause you were doing it and I was kind of writing your coattails on, well, Ariel said that this was working and this is, so we must do it too. And we did a lot of the same things that you did. Neurofeedback for us. I'm not going to get into it too much because it's pretty much exactly the same as you. We spent $7,000 and it was less than 10% improvement.
1: Yeah.
0: And we don't have $7,000. I mean, we're not-
1: We, we didn't are, have the money either, but I looked at it like this was like going to save my child. I, I thought really so did. too. I put like my all eggs of in that the basket. Things. I was like, let's do it because yeah. it's going to be worth it. And when it's and not worth do. it, it's devastating. That's oh, what yeah. we do as parents. We, as we parent. will go
0: bankrupt a billion times right. for put our, put our children first. because we want them to have the advantages in life, right? We want them to be, to just have a fair shot at success and to survive without mommy and daddy. Yeah. So, but with my oldest by the, so you started yours in first grade. We didn't start until fifth grade. My oldest, when we really started noticing it, taking a toll on his mental health is when it was a big red flag for Chris and I. And it was really hard because we were coming, he was in um, third grade when COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And then he went into fourth grade and we were still homeschooling and that took a toll on his mental health. It took a toll on Everyone's mental health, right? right? Right. So I kind of blamed it on COVID. Like, oh, yeah. well, we're all going through this mental health thing, right? And fourth grade, you didn't realize it was connected. No, to I what did his not realize. No, okay. yeah. it didn't. Nothing got. But even when we went back to school in fourth grade, and we went back, Arizona went back to school fairly early. I think mm-hmm. We went back in like October yeah. of twenty twenty. Yeah. Um. But fourth grade, you take a big turn. The lessons get a little bit harder. It's not like coloring and rainbows and you know art projects to learn it's it's actual like reports right. and you know word math problems that the shit got real in 4th grade and then he started becoming very aware that he was mm-hmm. being pulled out and that was embarrassing for him.
1: Right. This he is another had, reason I didn't want an IEP. I didn't want him to be treated different. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, when but we he also had the needs IAP, help. So
0: I'm like... But he needs help. So what do right. you do? And I never looked at it as being labeled. I just wanted him to have help. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him... There's a modifications. There's accommodations. I right. wanted him to have whatever he needed so right. that he could be successful Successful, yeah. like everyone else in his class, you right. know? Totally. But anyway, kids become very aware of who the smart ones are and mm-hmm. who are the ones that need support. Right. That takes a toll on your mental health. Then... Fast forward to fifth grade, and he was depressed. He was asking me to homeschool him, and homeschooling was a disaster.
1: Yeah,
0: it, it was a des- it was a disaster for every parent out there. I know that.
1: Right, add a
0: dyslexic kid to that who's right. really struggling to learn. I mean, I my kids heard me say every single bad word in the book. I st- I was drinking wine sometimes at noon. <laughs> just to take the edge off like so many other parents were, right? homeschool. Um, But then, and it was a disaster because he had to sit there and I had to sit there with all three of my kids side by side. I couldn't just like believe that they were going to get it done. Right. I had to hover over them to make sure that they were getting it done. Yeah. And- Which is normal. So in fifth grade, when he was begging me to homeschool again- You're like, why? Chris and I were like, this is bad. Yeah. He would start, he would cry all the time and he just, I, I, Chris and I were really afraid that he might hurt himself. And we didn't know like how much- he even knew about being able to hurt yourself, but mm-hmm. it was a big reality for us. And it was really scary. And so we looked at the place that you went to, and then we mm-hmm. ultimately landed at Wellington Alexander. And the reason we landed there is because of the OT and the speech component mm-hmm. that they offered. And so he went through that. He did his 12 weeks. and then Was he, he did...
1: doing speech and OT at the elementary school? No. Oh, he wasn't. Well, okay. he, he did
0: speech early on, but mm-hmm. graduated from it. Oh, okay, And then he did OT early on, right, and then graduated from that, right. And I think it needs to be a whole kid approach. Mm-hmm. So I do like that about. Your I really like it too. Yeah. Um. And I will say, so now he's so he he went through that program. Mm-hmm. It was not easy. He had to withdraw from elementary school and go through this twelve week program. He missed part of his summer because we pulled him out in April, so he missed April and May at his elementary school, and then the first month of summer, what would have been his summer vacation. Yeah. Um, so he thought that was torture. And you and I had gone through this and our husbands with deciding where we were going to send our kids to middle school. And we went back and forth and back and forth. And we ultimately landed at this charter school that has a reputation for being really
1: academic, a much harder, <laughs> How dumb are super we? academically aggressive. It's worked out really great. It no. has worked
0: out. But I mean, Chris and I got into a g- giant math one of the biggest fights of our marriage, because he thought, why are you putting our son here? What? He's struggling enough at this school. Right. <laughs> why are you going to put him at a harder school? And I was like, because this is not working. Yeah. Like right. it's not working. We're doing so we can working. take him from this elementary school and put him at a middle school. That's the you know, that's like concept. where everybody feeds into, right. but it's not working. And now there's a thousand kids there instead of six hundred. Mm-hmm. I I just it went against every fiber of my being to send him to that school because I knew it wasn't right. And so we landed on this charter school, scared out of our minds. And I
1: know we second guess that so many times well, so we were just times. like, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing
0: the right thing? And, yeah. and we still did it. We did it. And it was the greatest decision ever. It's been but amazing. Yeah, it is academically harder. And here's this is going to make me cry because my son went through Wellington Alexander and we had to scrape together every single dime that we had, uh, we had help from my husband's parents. Now we have a second kid going through it because it worked with our first son mm-hmm. so well. He's getting A's and B's. He has to take Latin, which is a dying language and nobody knows. And we can't mm-hmm. help him. <laughs> and he's getting them. a C in that class. I mean, yeah. and a C at this, this is school great. is like an A at any other school. Right. But the fact that he's getting a C in Latin and kind of understanding it is, I mean, we he barely understood English, right? And right. so now he's like trying to learn a second language and he's killing it. And he's doing well because he's not a stranger to hard work. Yeah. He, it is harder, but it's not as hard as he thought it was. It's not as hard as any of us thought it was. And I asked him the other day, like, do you think that you'd be doing as well as you're doing? Had you not gone to Wellington? And he said, no way there. I would never have survived this. So it was worth going into debt. Right. It was worth like doing that. And now we're excited for our middle child to be going through that and Mm -hmm. he'll be landing hopefully at this school also um, but what I especially love about this particular school is it's not, it, it's grade-based. I mean, grades are really important and it is academically advanced, but mm-hmm. it's not graded on tests only or right. your homework only. It's a whole slew of things. And 25% of their grade is on their participation. Mm-hmm. That's
1: what I love so about it too.
0: I love that because now my son it's doesn't not, have to hear me saying, you're smart. You right. are capable. You can do it. He's like, fuck you, That You have to say that. I. Right. But right. you have to say that you're my mom. And he's starting to see what we've seen in him the whole time, all right. along. We you are smart. You are capable. You can do this. You just see the, lo- the world a little bit differently than the rest of us do. Mm-hmm. And for that, you're a badass. Totally. And when you recognize your power and you take that control, your life is going to change and it's going to be awesome. Right. So he's the, the blessing in all of that is that he is finally starting to see that. And all of that confidence that went down the toilet during COVID, and then realizing that he was different and mm-hmm. getting made fun of and teased, then pulling him out and going through that—it was worth the blood, sweat, and tears to get to that moment where he said to me just a few days ago, mm-hmm. "I'm so glad I did that." Yeah, and he's now giving his brother a pep talk. Like, I know this sucks, but
1: you'll get It's it. gonna help
0: you. Yeah. So
1: yeah, it's totally worth it. It is super expensive. I hate how expensive it is. I wish it was available to everybody and that it was something that we implemented at schools Mm -hmm. because it would help so many people, but At the same time, like you said, it was worth it for us too. We actually did the program. They have different programs. And the first one obviously taught my son to read. And now he has these amazing word attack skills and he spells amazing. And I know there's different kinds of dyslexia and there's like a spectrum. And so everybody kind of has their own little differences. So he has these great skills. And then he actually did the program like your son did. We pulled him out and he did it full time and we missed school. Was that fourth grade or fifth grade? Do you remember? I don't remember. I
0: feel like it was fifth.
1: No, it was fourth. Fourth. It was fourth was fourth Right?
0: Yeah. yeah. No, it was fourth because we were at fifth and you were still there. Yeah.
1: So he did it in fourth grade again. So he did it. He went back for his comprehension. So, like, obviously, learning to read is one thing, but then you have to learn to listen to what you're reading and be able to use those skills. Mm-hmm. And dyslexics just see things differently. And some are different. Like, they're more auditory. Some are more visual. There's all those things. And when you have a dyslexic child, you kind of have to use those different tools and whatever works for them works mm-hmm. for them. But it helps to do like, Writing in the sky or using physical things. Like, if they're toddlers, I remember one of the things that was really good for a dyslexic child to learn their letters is to like draw in sand or have cards that or have like, like
0: shaving cream.
1: Yeah, like yeah. something te- textile mm-hmm. to, to like have on their hands will help their brains remember. Like, I just think it's kind of like a cool thing that they have. And we treat it so bad because we're putting these kids in a box. And I'm sometimes I'm like, what if it was the other way around? Yeah, no. Like, what if everybody wanted to be like our kids? And we had to make them force into this way of thinking when they don't think like yeah. that. Like, it's just kind of awful. I feel like that we do this in our society, but.
0: So one of the things um, that I was looking up when we were looking at dyslexia and talking about it, I found five interesting facts and a lot of them, we've already talked about it. It's hereditary or it can be, it's highly hereditary. It's very common. Um, the, the symptoms aren't always what you think they are. Um, it's not a disease. I actually would go as far as saying it's more of a gift. I because treat it like a gift. We treat it like a gift also. And. I, I think for this exact reason, and this is the the first most interesting fact, is people with dyslexia are often more creative. Dyslexia is not related to low intelligence. No, and they get labeled mm-hmm. as because they're on an IEP or they need extra support. Yeah, as being dumb or right. troublemakers or really, it's just we're not putting, they're not fitting not, in the
1: box. Right. So they have to have things different, Mm -hmm. but they, like you said, they're intelligent. I know when we did testing for my oldest, he tested off the charts, like college level for certain things. And they're like, look, this is not a problem of intelligence. This is literally, he can't do his letters, but he's so high in these other areas that tells you that he is capable of learning and he is smart, but it's just, he struggles with this part. Yeah. So let's not punish well, him for that. Lots
0: of famous people who make lots of money with dyslexia. Steven Spielberg is one of them. Yep. Jennifer Aniston. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Henry Winkler. He's huge um, advocate for dyslexia. He writes books, children's oh. books for um, kids with dyslexia. That is, um, he's he's a huge. He's yeah. Still, he's still alive.
1: I don't know. It's a good question. Ooh. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: he's still alive. The bonds. Um, he's. T- who, what is um, um, and there was actually an article the? that just came out recently about an um, anesthesiologist. He uh-huh. just came out of the dyslexic, dyslexic closet, and there was this huge article. I would love to find it. Maybe we can post it on our Instagram. Yeah, um, but basically, he has when he goes to see his patients before surgery or whatever. You know, the anesthesiologists mm-hmm. anesthesiologist will come and check in on, tell you what the process is yeah. and all that. He would have a, a scribe with him taking all of the notes and the entire time. And this whole article talks about that, but he came out of the clot. He's like, and he's maybe sixties, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's older Yeah, and he has dyslexia and he only just came out with it because he said for so many years, he was so afraid that a patient would judge him because he couldn't write or spell correctly, mm-hmm. but they were like trusting to put his life, right. their life, like in good his at, hands. Right? At what you
1: do, can you be if you can't do? Those like things? if you can't yeah. spell a but word, but obviously smart enough properly, to be a doctor and he's, get that far. Yeah, in life. he's
0: super successful, wildly successful, makes a right. ton of money, and obviously anesthesiologist. That's not easy to become. No, and he has dyslexia. So I love saying, telling that story to my son, both of my sons, because just because they have dyslexia does not tell me how smart you are.
1: Totally. And I think it's important how the parents talk about it Mm -hmm. to the child. If you make them feel stupid or you make them feel like this is their fault or whatever, they're going to, they're going to believe that. So be careful with how you say things and word things and treat it. And we both wanted to start this podcast because we talk all the time about how we try to build our children up and tell them what a great gift it is because it truly is a gift. Like you said, they're, they work so much harder. I know I was, that's the guy I was going to say the guy, I just lost his name. Uh, the guy that the does funds? Virgin records. No, the oh. one that does Virgin records. Oh, was it? Um, He's a big entrepreneur, Richard. Richard yeah, Branson. Richard Branson. Yeah. He's, a, he's a dyslexia, dyslexia. Yeah. yeah, he has dyslexia. So mm-hmm. I use those things for, we've bought my oldest son a book about all the people who have been successful who had dyslexia and also are super creative. They're a lot of times are really like artists yeah. or creative and things like that. So we try to build it up. We always say that just because you're different doesn't mean it's bad or worse, it's just different. And you work so much harder, like you're gonna be so much more successful in life. Like yeah. I'm sure that guy, okay, so if he's in his 60s,
0: when he had dyslexia, nobody probably knew what well, it, it was. wasn't was recognized right. as a learning nobody disability. The word dyslexia it. probably didn't even exist back then. I mean, so he's it's probably still a fairly felt
1: new, stupid, his whole life, yeah. because nobody could help him the way he needed mm-hmm. help, and he had to struggle and get
0: through it. And look at how and he persevered and he worked yeah. his ass off. And look at him; he's.
1: He's successful because probably successful. because of his learning disability mm-hmm. in that regard. Because yeah. he
0: had to work so hard. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah. But those are the things so that we have to yeah. talk about. That's what we do. We talk about it like a superpower. This is your superpower. You have to learn how to use it.
1: Yeah. That's absolutely. Exactly.
0: Like you just don't know. That's why you feel the way that you're feeling because you haven't learned how to use this yet. Yeah. But that's why we're getting you the help. That's why we're getting you the support. Right. And sometimes my oldest, I'll see him, you know, he's not getting pulled out as much mm-hmm. because he's gone through this program and He's testing in such a way that shows that he doesn't really need as much support, but Mm -hmm. I am terrified to let that go. It's kind of like my security blanket because it's still so new. And let me, let's, we should also be really clear. Their dyslexia is not cured. They've just learned how to use it, how to, how to work in a society. So that they can be successful, right? They still, they still are working struggles. 10 times harder than most other people. Yep, They're still exhausted at the end of the day because their brain is in overdrive mm-hmm. at all times. And we have significant maintenance programs, right? It's not, we, we haven't just thrown them in and said, okay, you know, right. I went through your program. It's still a work in progress. Yeah. It's going to be a work in progress every day, but, but it, life is just a little bit easier,
1: right because they we have, know they have i almost look at like aware. skills like a little yeah. toolbox they have that they can bust out and use in certain situations but like they're always learning different things so mm-hmm. it's, sometimes that's changing what that looks like and how you use it and so sometimes they just need a little help to say this is how you use this tool in this situation yeah that's what it kind of feels like to me but it's helped tremendously and i would do it again
0: in a heartbeat i am doing it no, again no, <laughs> for your second yeah <laughs> I mean, you know what though, with, with our second, it was a no brainer at that point. And we're not, I mean, we don't have a ton of money. We're not made of money. Right. We had to ask for help. There are ways to do it. Um, You can use a care card. I get, there's those, you can, people have refinanced their house. I mean, there's a lot of ways that make us all cringe. Right. But there are ways to get it paid for. I
1: feel like everybody's okay with like saving money for college Mm -hmm. or setting aside money for your kid for that. And obviously you can take time to do that, but whatever you have to do to to do these programs I think is so helpful well, and that's exactly
0: what Chris and I were talking about we, we were saving we've been saving for right. our kids college funds we're not ready to send them there because they're still young but right well and we haven't saved the money to send them right but we were kind of like we could use this money because at this point if we don't
1: you're not going to get to They're college They're not going to get to college. There's also, no way.
0: We'll be lucky if they get through high school. Right.
1: And by that point, mm-hmm. they will be sad about who they are. They'll have low self-esteem. They'll So hate that learning. will carry with them forever. Yeah. So if you don't fix that now, that's mm-hmm. the way I look at it at least. Yeah. And, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I was so, it was so important to me. That's part of why I got such a diagnosis at such a young age was I didn't want it to affect his self-esteem. Now I've done my best. And it still affects the self esteem. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a way to get around that, but we have done everything we can and and I feel good about knowing that as a mom, but it still is heartbreaking to know that like it can still affect their self esteem yeah. and they still are gonna struggle with it. I mean, being a kid is hard in general mm-hmm. to know when you're different and feel that and feel like you struggle. I mean, that's just hard. No matter what that is, is gonna
0: be hard. Right, right. like no matter how hard you try, you're not going to get that trophy. You're not going to get that day. Right. You're not going to get what it seems like everybody else is getting.
1: Right, and, and then comes easy too. That mm-hmm. that to me just makes me so sad. And but that that is it is what it is. But I would totally do those programs again. And we always tell my son, like, I don't know if I want him going to college, to be honest, these yeah, days, same. but part of me is also like, this was your college. Like, sorry that, that this is what it had to be, you know, and maybe we'll find or figure out something at that point when we get there, but it was important for us to invest in this type of thing
0: now. So that's what we did. Yeah. We did also a little bit later, mm-hmm. but after trying a boatload of things that did not work, it yeah. was like beating our heads against right. the wall. Right. And, and then it came down to, this is this could be a life or death situation that we were talking. I mean, the sadness, I don't know. I don't know that I can confidently say that my son was suicidal, but I can confidently say he was on a path that might have led to that. Yeah. Had we not intervened when we did. And I, you know, we were working with the school hand mm-hmm. in hand. I was like the queen and of volunteering help at the at school. school. I had all yeah. of these connections and all of these relationships and, doing everything I could to be on campus to make sure I wanted to have a voice for him. And they just didn't have what he needed. And that sucks. It's, it's a fact. I think that schools are slowly moving in the right direction. I don't think it's going to change while our kids are in school, but I am hopeful that by the time our grandchildren are in school, hopefully that maybe they'll all be learning so that this isn't just a normal part of life. And there are you know, these kids can be successful no matter what their abilities are. Right.
1: Like don't write them off because school stuff isn't helping. Cause Mike, my, my son went through reading intervention, reading intervention. We're mm-hmm. going to keep doing the same thing, even though it's not working. And that drives me insane. So we did tutoring. We spent a lot of money on tutoring in between all this too. And didn't, to really didn't help at all. So we wasted lots of money on that. But also then the school is every, you know, doing their own testing and saying he's still behind, he's still behind. Yeah. And then we're going to keep doing the reading intervention. What is it called? RTI.
0: Reading intervention therapy. Yeah. Yeah, RTI. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but what drives me crazy about the school is, and that, and we kind of already touched on this was like, oh, we tested him and, and he's behind. And so we're going to keep doing what we've been <laughs> doing the whole time. Like, how stupid is that? I like, know. I want to shake them and be like, I you're
0: dumb. It's not helping. They just, they just have what they have. They don't have any other thing you, right. to do. And I'm they not don't saying, have, And that's, but I think that's also a really stupid. good point to bring up though, because and, and we, I think both of us have fallen into this trap. You just talked about it, about getting tutoring. Our kids have dyslexia. They learn mm-hmm. in a very different way. You can't just get- You can't tutor that out of them. Tutor Jojo. No. You can't. <laughs> you can't get the tutor that is just really good at math or really good at reading. Right. But, you know, right. you have to get somebody who actually understands, understands the way a brain dyslexic works. brain works. And yeah. there are tutoring places out there. Like when Chris and I were exploring all of the different- um, dyslexic therapy programs Mm. we were trying to decide one of them was like an online one which was a big red flag to me but it was the most affordable one Mm -hmm. um but when i talked to them i was like who's certified like and none of them were none of them had any certifications which i was like okay so how are you going to cure his dyslexia well we don't know and they couldn't give me a timeline and you're charging like hundreds of dollars an hour Mm -hmm. i want a timeline we are not made of money this is not going to be able i can't let this cost a hundred thousand dollars like I need more answers and it's scary. they just couldn't do that. And You so are kind of just guessing. I wanted to go with somebody who was very familiar, if not certified in dyslexic therapy and training and- you know, teaching these kids how to do it. Because otherwise you're just throwing your money. And we spent hundreds of dollars, probably I thousands mean, of dollars over the years on tutoring. That was helpful in the moment. It was helpful to get the homework done. Yeah, It took the stress out of my life so that he w- they were doing homework and I could do it dinner. It more feels like you're helping than you really are. But they were just sort of guiding them through their assignments mm-hmm. more so than teaching them how to do. In a way that they're going to remember mm-hmm. or use, yeah. In the most effective way. I mean, way. we...
1: To to talk a little bit about what you're saying, I don't know, like we did go to a specific dyslexic person who was using a program for dyslexics um, that summer before he went to kindergarten and it did nothing. And it was when I found out later from Linda Bell, it was one of their programs that was outdated. Mm-hmm. And so it does help and it does continue to help and actually met a mom at that place. And she was like, her son was older. So my son was five at the time and her son was like in middle school, I want to say maybe like sixth grade. And she was like, yeah, we come once a week, once or twice a week. And she was trying to give me advice. And she's like, you should totally get an advocate, get an IEP and here's a number. And she was super helpful, but I'm like, I don't want to be doing this the rest of my life twice a week. Like I want to get yeah. him help where yeah. he doesn't need to do this. And like you said, we still have like refresher things, moments where they need like a little bit of a reminder of how to use their tools. But for the most part, he my son can be in a classroom and function like the other kids. And that what that's what was missing from the tutoring. Mm-hmm. I guess that was something they weren't getting. And yeah. it's sad <laughs> we've wasted so much money. Like, I just hope if somebody's listening to this, they learn from our experience. Ask us your questions. Yeah. Feel in, free to ask yeah, us questions. Anything you I have. Mean, we'll just give you our opinion. We're not experts. No. Um, we're legally. the experts on wasting
0: money. We, yeah, right? <laughs> if You want to know where to put your money <laughs> to lose it? Go ahead. But we just, we have a lot of experience and we've, we've failed many times in our journey to achieve success, which is something I think we're both we really proud up. of. We, we never gave up.
1: up. We kept going.
0: That's where we've coined the phrase, being a good mom is hard, right? We really just, we have both two different journeys that we've taken and we failed a lot. Yeah. And we're going to fail. We're going to keep failing probably. Probably. (laughs) um it's inevitable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I think sets people apart from mm-hmm. like the ones that give up. Like you said little kids when they're learning to walk, they fall down, they fall down, they fall down, they keep going, they keep going, they keep going. Like we're just gonna figure going to keep going.
0: We're going to keep going. We'll keep going, we'll figure it out and <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. You're so You're not alone. If you have questions or you need help or you don't know where to start, send us a message. We will be so happy to help you. Yeah. So
1: our podcast is at Mob Squad Podcast. If you want to check us out on Instagram. Why are you laughing? Podcast. <laughs> <Say it weird. laughs> um, the Mob Squad Podcast. <laughs> why did I say it like that? I think you were like channeling your Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, you can also email us or DM us our email. I don't know what our email is off the top of oh my head. <laughs> Just DM us. Oh I'll God. say it sometime. But yeah, also if this episode helped you share it with somebody you know or yeah. give it a like or subscribe. We'd really appreciate the feedback. If you want to give us a
0: review, anything like that. Share your stories with us. Yeah, I want to hear what works for you because hear them. what worked for you may not have worked for us and what works for us might not work for you. But totally knowledge is power. And I think that is what makes this journey a little bit easier is that we have each other to share this with. Mm-hmm. Um, so many moms out there are afraid to say it because they don't want their kiddo labeled. And I, I totally get that. But if you can find someone mm. in your circle that can empathize and relate and validate, I think that's part of what makes our friendship shows so strong is that we validate each other. We're really good at listening and empathizing, but I validate what you're going through. I won't
1: yeah, put and you it down or make you feel like that's feel totally alone. normal.
0: Right. It's right. No, what you're going through is very real. And you, it's okay to feel sad about it. It's okay to feel mad about it. I'm mad about it all the time. Yeah. and It's hard. Also, it's I'm easy. excited to see what my kids do with their life because I know that they have this magic power that is going to take them really far. Absolutely. But it doesn't make the days easier sometimes.
1: Oh, no. So, <laughs> Especially when you're in yeah. it.
0: Yeah, being <laughs> in it.
1: Dealing with it. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I think find, finding community is really important. So if you want to reach out to us, we're here for you. But there's also probably communities on Facebook or groups out there. You can ask your pediatrician or a psychologist
0: or something. You hey, talk to your friends. Do you know? I mean, you could talk to your friends if you feel comfortable with that. I mean, I am a blabbermouth. So I've shared my story a lot. And so many people have opened up to me, I think, because of that. Yeah. It, it's, okay to, the podcast, it's okay to so be brave like. and say, my kid has learning disability. It doesn't define him or her. It doesn't tell us how smart they are. Right. It just tells. And I, I, it should just be a different way of learning. I mean, it technically is. Yeah.
1: It's just a different (laughs) way of learning. Part of the problem is like we treat it as a bad thing, but it's really not a bad thing. No. At all. And I really don't see it like that at all. I don't either. I think I was just devastated to know that my child had something that. I didn't understand at the time at all. I had no idea what it's like to have dyslexia. I don't struggle with it at all. I love reading and writing and I've always been good at it. So it's hard for me. And so I think also learning to like get books or whatever you need to do to mm-hmm. like learn like how their brain works. It doesn't mean that I get it. I totally don't get it. Yeah. But I understand it in a better way. And then changing that mindset and keeping that mindset, mm-hmm. not just for yourself, but for your child of this isn't a bad thing. Like no. I'm not embarrassed to tell people about it. I think in the beginning, I might've been a little shy to talk about it because you don't know how people are going to react. Right. Um, but now- Well, you want to keep your kids safe. You don't want them to get bullied or- Yeah, or treated differently. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that's normal. But like once you get to that place where you realize like this is not bad and it's it's actually a gift, then you start to feel confident talking about it. Yeah. But I do agree with you. Like if you talk about it, hopefully people around you will, you know, relate in some way and then you'll find your people. I found some good people.
0: <laughs> I think you did too. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yes. All right. Enough, enough, enough. So okay. what's for dinner tonight?
1: Good uh, Good question. I don't have any groceries. I'll tell you what we <laughs> used the last week. Did I? I'm really bad. I'm not a good plan ahead person. No, I, me I'm, either. I'm like fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Is that how you say it?
0: I'm fly by the seat of my pants. Yeah, I yeah,
1: that's yeah. me. I don't, I don't plan anything. I'm really, really bad. Even when stuff is on my calendar, I usually see it the day before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, last minute, need this, need to do this. Oh my God, this is happening. Like, that's me. I just do life like that. But doesn't mean I'm proud of it. Um, last night we had teriyaki chicken mm. and rice.
0: rice and vegetables, sauteed vegetables. Yum. Yeah. That sounds good. We had pork chops in the Instapot, which I'd never done before. Oh, no
1: they didn't turn out good I mean they got really
0: good reviews on yeah. Pinterest why didn't it turn out I don't know was it like I dry fucked it up somehow I don't know I I really actually mess up the instapot <laughs> more than I like it doesn't more like than you. I think I'm supposed to Instapot
1: doesn't work for you
0: I don't know they were just really dry so we had to like juice them up. I don't know hmm. I was very that's disappointed and the boys were like why don't you just grill him mom yeah good this sucks were they, they frozen were, like when choking you it down no I thought him out oh that's weird I don't know. I followed the directions exactly. Hmm. And I was worried they'd be undercooked because they were the double cut ones from Costco mm-hmm. and they were really dry. So it wasn't my finest dinner. Hmm. But tonight is Taco Tuesday. Oh yeah. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. So we'll be having another fine meal of tacos. Yeah. Tacos are the best. It's getting warm. So we'll start grilling a lot more. Like the weather is starting to get... Chris do that. Yeah. He's the grill master. He's the master. What do they call the master baster? <laughs> yeah. He grills um, a lot. Does Austin grills? that meat.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, he grills that meat. No, Austin doesn't grill any meat. You know that. I did? Yes. Because he'll come over here and be like, oh, I don't know how to cook on the grill. <laughs> Chris, show me. Show me
0: how to use yeah. your grill. I'm like, you're
1: a dude and you don't know how to grill. Like, get out of you here. Guys I never, wish I did. Then you never grill? I will use the, the grill. You're the Yeah. You're the all grill master the gr- in the all house. Grill.
0: I mean, I cook most of the food. So Yeah, same. I do too. But I Chris has taken on the grilling duties. I feel like because he has he really does contribute in like what the stereotypical man, you know, is expected to do. I've lost a lot of my street cred because of that. Like, I don't think I can grill as well as I once could pre Chris. Why? I don't know because I haven't done it because he's he the doesn't? grill master of the house.
1: So he took away your grill card. Yeah, I I,
0: I lost my grill card. One day I'm gonna <laughs> grill anymore. Chris <laughs> took it from me. I might, I'll like prep it and get it all ready, and yeah. then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go grill, and he's like, fucking hand me my tongs. <laughs> oh my god! No, he doesn't. He won't say that. let you. No, he's just like, it's I his got domain. it because I think it's like his way of he like feels good about contributing yeah, to the he, grill. That's his contribution. I like he's that. really good at grilling, and that's his jam. I'd
1: rather Austin do that than yeah. me be the griller.
0: Well, I can have him give some grill classes.
1: <laughs> grill classes. <laughs> he can get his grill card. Oh back. my god! Uh, he never had it. So,
0: oh, well, he can earn it. He can't <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Well, on that note. They might be mad at us. All right.
0: We can't win them all. No.
1: All right. Have a great day. Sorry it's a heavy topic, but we do make fun ones too. So check us out again if this is the first time you're listening to
0: us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.